I clicked record way too late for that. Uh, Kyle uh, just did a big fat burp, but it's Gripescast episode two. Of Kyle. Kyle. Was that Kyle? Kyle? Okay, we're both offended. We're both offended there. <laughs> okay. Yeah, don't. Apparently it's Johan. I don't want to take that away from Johan. That was a great burp. Okay, I'm sorry. Give credit where it's due. I'm sorry. Yeah, that was monumental, man. We've been friends for a very long time, but apparently I don't know you guys well enough to distinct you. To like, distinguish our burp patterns. To, to tell you guys apart. Fake friend. Us. Fake friend. I need to work on that. I am very sorry. You can't distinct us. I can't distinct you. No, I'm going to therapy for this. I can't distinct you. <laughs> okay, yes. Yeah, anyway, Arkin's here, guys. Hi, Arkin. Hey, hey, special guest. Hey. This episode. Yes, Arkin. guest. He yes. was booked all that through the me. week, but he... He managed to clear some space very, very busy it. person. Yeah, yeah. We we managed. Yeah, we managed to convince him that uh, Cleanfeed won't take his data um, if yeah. he gets on. So that's good. And Arkin, I promise you, your hand. data is safe. Your data is safe. <laughs> You're fine, Arkin. Yeah, You're all right. Bill Gates will only create two replicas of you. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's not too bad. It's not, it's like, yeah, that's not too bad. Yeah, usually the lizard people will not be out to Only two. That's okay. Only two. Besides, yeah. I need more yeah, then you can have good conversations with yourself, okay? But too many? <laughs> oh, that's not good. Oh. Okay. <laughs> yes, uh, Franco, Kyle, Johan, Arkin. And the it. special... Yes, and Arkin. The special boy. The special boy. The special yes, boy the himself. Boy. I wanna, I wanna, like, bring something up that's, oh? uh, familiar... Like, to get Arkin comfortable with, uh, the type of talk oh, that we have here. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. Arkin. You don't, um, this is just based on how well I know you, but you wouldn't consider, you wouldn't consider yourself as a, as a neurotypical person, would you? Mm. In a few ways. Mean? I mean, mm. I mean, insulting all of us. Me, no, no, I am absolutely <laughs> not insulting me, ma'am. <laughs> I was going to bring up, I was going to ask, you have any, um, quirky <coughs> habits, interesting Habits that people wouldn't gauge as neurotypical. Okay, you keep using that term neurotypical. You gotta talk to me like I'm a toddler, dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just any odd habits. Any odd habits you seem to have. That you feel um, like other people don't. So... Gee, I don't know. I'm not really sure what might be considered, like, not neurotypical or something. Whatever you call it. Hmm. Yeah. What would be what would be some examples? Let's, let's I guess not not wanting to go outside and socialize. I suppose that's one. I mean, you don't have to talk about that, but that that certainly is a. Uh, it's a. I, I I would I would say it's not typical. That's for sure. Well, I mean, yeah, usually people have the desire for that. It's a combination of both my fear of people and the trauma I've been through, huh. which I'm not going to get into. But still. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, That's understandable. I mean, I I mean traumatic I experiences, yeah. But. I was thinking more along the lines of you're walking by the road and then you kick a rock, let's say, three or four times with your left foot. You're going to have this unexplainable urge to kick the same rock three or four times with your other foot now in the exact same pattern. Oh, that's what you mean. Well, sometimes I feel like just like 
screeching in a sense. <laughs> just like, sitting there. <laughs> don't we all? Then, don't we all, all though? Don't we all? I get, I get like the compulsion to just like contract my body and just like start screeching like I'm trying to cosplay the exorcist. Mood. <laughs> I mean, like, in, in yeah, a public I, I setting, people, people would be freaked out by that. But in a personal setting, you know, I feel like we'd all do something similar. Like, how about you two? That, that I mean, yeah. That's we, definitely not... That that specifically is not typical. But I think a lot of us have wanted to, like, punch something before. Like, maybe, uh, like, scream oh, into something before, right? I maybe not scream to, to like, people. Mm -hmm. I would love to, like, just, like, get an area where I could just, like, take a bat and a hammer to, like, anything I could find. Hey, there there are there are things like that. Like, there are places where you go yeah. in, like pay a small fee, and you can just break shit, which honestly seems like a lot. But then again, I think this is what therapy is for. I'm not quite sure if that's mm. the most healthy way to do it. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, don't, don't mean oh, to on, be man. the scientist here. You know, but... you know how much, how expensive therapy is. That's, that's true. true. Well, that's what friends are for. Then talk to your friends. Talk to someone. You know, occasionally physical sure violence if, is not, not exactly. Sure if... Talking to you guys would help me. Wow. Wow. But you two, like, Franco, no, no, that's understandable. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Franco, Kyle, like, how about you two? Um, anything like that? The example I gave earlier with like the kicking rocks, like in a numerically symm yeah, yeah. symmetrical way. I've, that's I've got, my I've got a example. I do that. Yeah, I yeah. do that. Yeah, that's. Um, and so for Arkin, let's say he screeches and he contracts his muscles, or he, he does well, those things. Um, that something sort of... that I would say that I uh, weird habit I have is I I'm kind of. Oh, I, I'm not sure if I should say this. I'm kind of method method uh, methodical when it comes to eating. Mm -hmm. Like I mean, I know it seems like I'm just a black hole inhaling literally everything, <laughs> but I try to like figure out like how many bites do I have left before I finish like my food because I want to count like, the be bites able... in a sense yes yeah, I like to like yeah, I eat too, my yeah. food all as once rather than just like eat one thing and then eat another so I like take a bite of like rice and then I take a bite of like uh, chicken and I keep like doing a cycle of that until like I have last bites of like everything mm -hmm. so that when I take my last bite I'll be done with everything mm. yeah yeah, it, it's a so way of segmenting or like categorizing. Yeah, food and, and just the meal. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I did that too. I feel like I feel like that, I did that ever since I was a child. Like if I had um, in the Philippines, it's called ulam. <laughs> when I had like ulam and like rice, you know, together. Like you want to save an equal amount of each for the last bite, right? To make sure you have an even ratio of like ulam yeah. to rice. Oh ratio. yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, so, so yeah, like sometimes you want you just, it to all be yeah. perfect. Yeah. Sometimes you just leave the actual <laughs> food alone just to have a bit more rice, so that you can have. Yeah, a, like you want to. Yeah. When, when no, you that's eat not a burger, that's just being economical about it. <laughs> uh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> it's all just when, when you eat a burger, the, the best, the best bite is always the first bite, and um, when like I guess you want to recapture that like sensation of just having like you don't want to end the meal with just rice do you as that that would seem unsatisfactory true, right yeah. so yeah um Unless you're yeah like up i was plate. asking franco and like you kyle like do you have any specific odd habits mm. that you two have i mean i i mean i just i drum on uh surfaces all the time just like 
Uh, oh, uh, what a musician. Oh, wait, no. oh, I remember God. that. Oh, no, I, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, way back then. Way back then. So it's definitely not a recent odd habit for you. you nah. Wait, before he it played surfaces. the drums? Like before. Yeah, even. No. Even. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. Sounds oh, wow. Like, He'd like tap on a surface. Like they're bongos. Yeah. And like... <laughs> and like so, so, sometimes he would even extend to kicking shit. <laughs> like I'll just oh wait, be wait. I think okay, no, Franco. I actually remember you doing that to me, like on me at one point. Oh, like, yeah. like I like making me his drums. I do remember that. Uh, <laughs> but Franco I didn't think you didn't drums. do it too often. See, it was his yeah, calling. You didn't do it too often though. It was my calling. I am meant to be a drum. Uh, but yeah, it's is, just, is that the only thing you just play drums? You're, um, just, you're just a music. That's what comes to mind, really. Okay, that's one thing that comes to mind. That's fair, that's okay. fair. Okay, you, Kyle? I'm not sure if this is simpler, because those things are, like... Okay, well... I... I'm not sure if you'd call it, like, superstitions, uh, or, mm -hmm. like, compulsions, but I certainly do have a couple of those, and I've had many of those ever since I was younger, because when, when you grow up, and I think Arkin can probably relate to this, when you grow up with some level of... Uh, like anxiety like especially when you're younger and you live in a western country and everything's like huge and you're not really used to people you have things that you have like a comfort blanket that you always go to like when i was younger i would always want have to switch a light switch because light switches in um the west are different like they're very satisfying to flick and oh, before i go to bed i'd always have to flick to <laughs> yeah, like the ones in the West look like nipples, kind of. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, yeah, I've seen, I've seen, yeah. Yeah, I've seen those. Yeah. Right? <laughs> they look like yeah. nipples. So I'd flick that on and off 12 times before I'd go to bed every night. Mm. And that's when I could go to bed. If I didn't do that, and I did that like before brushing my teeth, I couldn't be able, like, I, I wasn't going to bed. Like, I had to do it right before bed all the time. And that was, and if I didn't do that, it, it was like nothing would be right in the world for me. Huh. But did that's a superstition. That? That's like a comfort blanket. I, I, I did stop doing that. I did. I no, but like when? Like when? Uh, yeah. Like were you here? Did, did it stop when you reached maybe like when you were ten, when you were eleven? It, here's the here's the funny part. Were you in preschool it, it when you stopped. were doing it? <laughs> no, I was probably like 10, 10, 10 or eleven, something like that. But it stopped when I shifted the superstition elsewhere. And I found another thing to oh, be yeah. to um, fixate on, right. to do. Yeah, to, yeah, to to hyperfixate, to to make as my comfort blanket as something that would like assure me that everything was okay. Like nowadays, I have I only have like one superstition that I do every night, which is I say before I go to bed, I say what I want to do, uh, like in the future. Like before, I used to say I, I, I wanted to be a surgeon before, so I was like I would say cardiologist. You know, like I want to be a cardiologist, and I have to say the word cardiologist <laughs> before I go to bed, That's and like then a, I can sleep. Oh, now I say philosopher, and then I, go I heard, to, I heard yeah, Kylie, yeah, Kyle. I heard Kylieologist. Kylieologist. <laughs> no, cardiologist, like a, like a heart doctor. <laughs> no, no, I am. Um, yeah, I, I wanted to be a cardiologist when I was younger, or a pilot, either one of those things. That's but like, now I say like philosophy, 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 uh -huh. philosophy, That's and like then I the go to bed. the weirdest kind of prayer ever. <laughs> it's just to remind yourself. It, it is sort of like a prayer. It's very ritualistic. It's just Imagine. to remind yourself of what yeah, you want uh -huh. to do. Yeah, so you don't forget. <laughs> weirdly enough. I mean, that, it's weird, but that that seems like it could actually have a like a practical thing. So it's sort of like a mantra. Like tomorrow, it's a, it's a superstition, and and any superstition is to satiate um, comfort, you know, and and your own sense of fear and doubt in whatever it is. 
So it's, that's what it mostly is. I think I think all of us. I, do you guys not have superstitions? I feel like come. On, I feel like that's a no, don't don't make me the odd one out, guys, please. <laughs> um, no, <laughs> man, dude, you're putting me on the spot. I, feel like uh, I used to be kind of superstitious. All right. With what? But the reason why I brought this up in the beginning, the reason why I wanted to bring up how we fidget sometimes, like how we have these patterns in our behaviors, or this, this paranoia, the Truman effect. I wanted to ask why we do it in the first place. You guys have you guys have any um any leads? Any idea? Any idea? Yeah. Trauma. I think it's similar to what yeah, what I said before about superstition. Past experience. Yeah, not, not trauma as well, but I think even trauma that derives from from the desire to want to satiate fears and to give ourselves our own comfort. Like, I think it's comforting to believe that you're the only... It's In some ways, it might be comforting to have the Truman Show effect, you know, to have the, uh, yeah. the like, mm -hmm. idea that you're the only, the only thing there. And also, it's comforting for me to do, like, the whole light switch, whatever. It's comforting for um, all of us to have our jokes, whether or not they're shit, validated, you know, things like that. That's all about comfort, and it's all... Because, again, that's why I think people with anxiety tend to have more superstitions, and they tend to be more superstitious, because it's something to lean on in times of distress. Mm. So, psychologically, I think it is neurotypical, weirdly enough. <laughs> it's, it, yeah. it's... Or at least, it's, it's typical, you know? It's something that is... It's, embedded in our system like even people tend to forget this but i was talking at, at a and uh, the polytechnic university about like consciousness and i like one person made a good point where depression is actually encoded into our psyche you know like it's actually biologically it's something that was necessary for us to evolve because it's natural to look at yourself and to think you know about your position in it so these things are all very natural completely typical parts of of who we are and i think that's to me, that's that's what I see when I when I look at stuff like that. Um, uh, mental padding, sort of that uh, psych psychological safe house. Mm. Um, Could you speak up there, boy? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, as I was saying, yeah, yeah mental boy. padding. Yeah, that's boy. A, that's psychological <laughs> safe house. Yeah, I do agree with that. That is one way to look at it, but the way I, I see it, you see it as like um, a thing of comfort. I see it as a way to sort of patch boredom, actually. There was this. Really? There was this. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's no, very menial. That's very, very trivial. No, I mean, I do think it's a way to patch boredom and like because we're so occupied. You have to admit, every day you have it passes our it passes our conscious it passes our conscious view, but then subconsciously our brains are processing so much. So when you when you fixate on nothing happening, you sort of just start to fidget, right? That's the that's the rationale behind yeah, why yeah. you fidget, why I'm bouncing my leg up and down. It's to keep the the motor neural part of my brain active because it doesn't like being unactive um but isn't that but still comfort isn't that still about comforting the boredom i think it goes hand in hand i think it goes hand in hand boredom causes discomfort so i guess that's how you can relate it to what you said um there was this i remember reading this uh the, this study done in like 2014 there was actually like 11 studies done 11 very similar studies where these participants were left in, in a room alone and they had nothing to do for like 15 20 minutes and in front of them there was a button that could like electrocute them and they knew it would electrocute them they were explicitly told in the beginning of the experiment that they could be electrocuted and they were just told like sit down relax and um do whatever for 15 minutes and obviously as you know the topic that we're talking about right now these participants they they got bored they got bored like 10 minutes <coughs> in and almost all of them electrified uh yeah they shocked themselves Whoa. they would rather inflict pain onto themselves 
rather than be bored. So if that tells you anything, um, it tells you about our our natural position to stave away from thing from being from being unoccupied, from being unoccupied. Yeah, yeah. But and also you know, parents, that that's kind of yeah. Sorry, go go oh. go. Okay, well, I was also going to say, um, it, apart from fidgeting, what was the word you used earlier? Um, superstitions, things that, things that we repeat because we believe that they comfort us and stuff like that. The, 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 another thing there is that they repeat it, right? There's a repetition. You start doing it, and then at some point you stop thinking about doing it and you just do it because it, it comforts you that way. You don't consciously do it at that point. It becomes a, um, it becomes automatic. And I think I want to point out there is again our brains, uh, our brains. Um, ability to point out patterns and how our brains are coded for patterns our brains were built to distinguish patterns and I think that's another way it keeps itself occupied um, again to stay away boredom so yeah I have to say I agree I mean, with this is because I, I have I it my habit of like having conversations with myself it didn't really start out as a habit I used to just like talk to myself because I had no one better to talk to Mm-hmm. Because I was lonely and didn't have many friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, like, mm-hmm. eventually it just became something I did. Just, like, whenever I'm bored or, like, just, like, I don't know, just, like, need to think something over, I talk to myself like I'm another person. So, I, th- I think yeah, we can get I, some I extreme... I, th- I think we can get some extreme examples in life of that as well. I mean, when, when you... This is going to be. A, this is a really uh, depressing topic, but uh, people who are, or who were seen to be suicidal, who um, you know hurt themselves, they often do that. Or at least research shows that they often do that. Not only because of the things that are going on in their their life, obviously, but also just to stay to feel alive, almost to feel as if that they are feeling something, to feel anything really that is powerful and palpable. They hurt themselves, so. That is an extreme example of that, and obviously I don't think any of us do that, but still, the fact that we do that in itself is already indicative of some, some again, atypical, but it's not really atypical because it's something that's completely, you know, uh, psychologically natural, but it, it's certainly an indication of, of what Johan was talking about, where we just want to stave off boredom and we want to feel as alive, you know, we want to feel here in and the that, present. And doing that... As, as what Kyle says, it comforts us. So I think what we can get from this is, uh, I guess, hmm. <laughs> what we can get from no, it is I, that no, it's comfort, mostly, I, I think. No, no, no. I, had, I had another point, and it, like, it, it flew off. Yeah, I gotta, but, uh, I gotta agree again. Like, <laughs> I sit around in my room a lot, just like, uh, I'm not sure if the term hallucinating is right, but basically hallucinating as I, like, think of stories and ideas and stuff mm-hmm. like that, just to, like, keep myself entertained. Yeah. Exactly. And, and I feel like that's, that's completely natural. I, I think people are very quick to assume what is and is not natural, or what is neurotypical and what is not neurotypical. Uh, because again, if you look at, at uh, biology, if you look at uh, the way our brains work, there's a specific part of the brain that is dedicated to feeling depressed. Can you believe that? There's literally a part of the brain mm, that is that, yes. for feeling depressed. 
I, I, okay, funny. Um, no, but the, but the point there isn't that we should feel depressed. The point is that it's natural to feel depressed and that it's completely reasonable to oh, feel I remember the to point examine I yourself. I, I remember what I was going to say, and it builds off what you were what you're saying right now, which is that um, compulsion, compulsion is neurotypical. It's just the actions that we do, the actions that you know arise from that may lean towards things that people find weird or odd. Mm. These odd habits, these weird um, fidgety things that we do, and I think that's what we could get from it. Right. It's normal. Yeah. Like the the, the foundation is normal. What yeah. you may do might not seem. Yeah, normal. yeah. Yeah. Our brains are itchy. Our brains get itchy, but the way we scratch those itches, um, yeah. all of our brains. Yeah, well, we'll put all of our brains get itchy. With different yeah. methods, different methods of scratching. Yeah. Yeah. Someone may use a back scratcher. The other may uh, rub their back against a bunch of spikes. Use a fork. Use a fork. Someone just might reach back there and grab it themselves. Or one might massage with olive oil, and the other one might rub vigorously with steel wool. Mm, yes, I was gonna say sandpaper, but steel wool works too. Perfectly. Yeah. Oh god. Uh, dude, no, I've rubbed sandpaper and steel wool both against my skin out of curiosity. Steel wool hurts a lot more. Oh. If you're going for pain, go for steel wool. Well, that depends on the type of sandpaper, I think. Yeah, that's true. There's different kinds. You yeah, have, like, like fine grit, the yeah. coarse. There's some rough sandpaper out there, mate. Oh, I yeah. remember was doing woodwork one time, and it was like, god, this is... file your nails? Oh, no. Uh, no. No, I, I, I tried it once and didn't get what all the fuss was about and stopped. It feels weird. It, it, feels, it weird feels weird, doesn't it? It feels about? really, really weird. I, I can't believe you all right now. <laughs> Arkin, doesn't it feel... Okay, when you scratch a metal surface, doesn't it feel weird to you? Yeah, a little bit. So why, when you file your nails, do you not get that sensation? Because I get no, that I sensation, get that sensation very much. But it's just like, I don't know, man. I kind of like the feeling of just like, I don't know. It's hard to explain. Like just in like, that context, you're fine. You see, you, you can't even find a sufficient answer. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. he doesn't need to have it a sufficient answer. It might be indicative just of my terrible about... writing skills because I can't find the words to describe it. But it's just, uh -huh. I don't know, man. It feels nice to just, like, have smooth nails for me. Like, even now, I'm looking at my nails, and they're just, like, a millimeter grown over. Just, like, not even, like, a full centimeter. Just, like, a millimeter too long. And I hate it. I, I you... want my nails, like, perfectly short, which... <laughs> I, 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 I do get that, to I be understand. fair. It, it kind of worries me, because you want to know what fictional character had an obsession with keeping their nails short? Mm. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, Devil Jin. I don't know. <laughs> Devil Jin? <laughs> uh, no. Lola Bunny. No, Kira Queen. New Chicago Kira. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, he did. He did, didn't he? Oh, but that was just he because of his, his hand fetish. <laughs> well, that was just because of his hand fetish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, you enjoy the action of, like, grading your nails, like, filing your nails over... Well, um, I don't really say no, no. He didn't say that. It, yeah, I he didn't say like that. Like the result of like having like smooth. Yeah, hands. I you see. That's one. That, I get that more now because I hate the action of doing it. The sensation I, of feeling metal on your nails is terrible. It feels but so I weird. guess the like, yeah, but like the product of the it is satisfying. I guess vibrations in your fingers are just ah uh, no, I don't like it. Yeah. Gross. But I well, but I get how do you well, file yeah. your nails? I get the appeal. Or how uh, did you file it? Because there's uh, like a proper technique to it. 
Oh yeah? I mean, I, I had like mom and I, I had my mom do it to me once and she, I, I, I don't know, she just like rubbed oh, the like along the top. Your little mommy did yeah. it for him. Oh, my mommy did it for me. <laughs> oh, oh, you mommy did it for him, you mommy. Little baby boy. <laughs> Why were you sucking on the tip? Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I wasn't. Um, really had I to, like, anyone do it to me before, but like in my experience, it's good to like kind of support your finger with your thumb from underneath mm. while you file it, so that you know, <laughs> your finger doesn't slip or anything. Because I've had my finger slip while filing it. And okay, it was not pleasant. You know what? I can. Uh, I, I, I can would do great in like a like a women's parlor. <laughs> you know what? I can. I can see. Do great in a spa. You know what? Massages. Oh, you'd be that sassy. You'd great uh, conversationist, great yeah. massages, great filer. <laughs> you'd be one of the girls we'll in the time. One of the, one of the girls in the in the, the oh, sassy dude, old I've women. Hung out, like I, in like junior high, I was already one of the girls, dude. I would hang out mm. with the girls almost exclusively. Oh yeah, true. Nice. I was that one, <laughs> no problem with that. that humble brag, humble brag. <laughs> Chad. <laughs> Yo, humble brag. Whoa. Chad Arkin. Where's uh, this guy? <laughs>
You just well, how do you think relax. having dinner with Nietzsche during his mad periods are going to help you with that? Well, hey, if he starts screaming and taking off his clothes, I'll probably join him. Oh. <laughs> it was you, you pose an interesting point. Um, I think that's one of Nietzsche's philosophies that I I don't disagree with. I disagree with Nietzsche on a lot of things, like his concept of the Ubermensch and the, you know the Superman and that everyone is yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know because because that that's a two part philosophy that you just said. You talked about one part, which is the normal man, uh, not the Ubermensch. Uh, which is just who we are, you know, I think. I don't think anyone here is what Nietzsche described as the Superman. We're just normal people who want oh, to, you know, fulfill... <laughs> oh, funny, funny. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, 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 we want to fulfill normal lives and, and uh, have kind of, like, again, satisfying happiness, you know. Happiness that is achieved in ways that are very simple, that, you know, we're not despotic, we're not, you know, we don't crave a lot of power, or at least I don't think we do, unless Johan has something to tell us. Uh, but... <laughs> but I don't, I don't think so. Um, but there are people, and this is one of Nietzsche's philosophies that I disagree with. I agree with that. I think searching for that thing's okay. But he believed that there were categories of life that we were ascribed to. And I'm not quite sure that's right. He believed that that's the category of life that we are ascribed to. And that it's very difficult for the normal man, the non-Ubermensch, to go and achieve the power that is sufficient, or that would be sufficient for someone with that sort of desire. And, and the only person who could do that is the Superman, the man. The man who was meant to lead people like us, okay? And I think that philosophy is actually quite dangerous. Yeah, I, mean, I think that yeah, philosophy is quite I mean, dangerous, I mean... But yeah. that's kind of also another reason why I would like to, you know, have a dinner and discussion with him. I mean, what's the point of having a discussion with someone who agrees 100% with your philosophy? If you, like, butt oh, that, yeah, with someone and who has a differing idea to you and you actually have a debate instead of a screaming match... You might learn something yeah, yeah. from each other. Jan, please, you're yeah, so yeah, quiet. Yeah, yeah. Calling Twitter out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, I am. <laughs> I'm <laughs> calling you Twitter, out. Twitter, we're looking at you. <laughs> Any social media, really. True, social media is a dingus sometimes. Yeah, Arkan, that's, that's why I brought it up, because I, I suppose that's a good answer for me too, because I disagree with Nietzsche on a lot of things, in fact. Like, I think I disagree with him on many more things than, than you do. I mean, I've, I've read a lot of Nietzsche, and I think that, that you know, his ideas of power and, and the people who he admires, people like Charlemagne, who were tyrants, I think there's a lot of things that I don't agree with, and it would be interesting to have, like, a sit-down with him and talk about how much I, I think, you know, his philosophies have kind of... Uh, be more dangerous than good. I'll say that. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, Johan, what about you? Who, who do you want to have dinner with? Does it, ha does it have to be just, just one person? You know that scene... They can be like, two, if you want. Um, <laughs> uh, you know that scene from Mulan where... Uh, from the animated film when, when, he, when she summoned Mushu, you mean the, the Red Dragon? Film? Yes, the good one, the good one. Um, uh, the one where the main actress does not support Hong Kong violence. Mm. Uh, but there was a scene where Mushu sort of like awakens Mulan's ancestors, and she could like have. Uh, that's what I do essentially. I'd, ha I'd have a dinner with ten generations Ooh. back, and I'd want to be able to see each and every one of my ancestors, see oh. the sort of progression, <laughs> and get stuff. And uh, see if they'd be proud of where their lineage is headed. So like a Coco type thing. Do, do you, do you like have a, a knowledge of your ancestry? Do you know like where they'd be? 
That's the thing, I don't. I, I, mm, wait. No, no, I don't. I don't. And I guess that's that's also why. Like, I'm would they be farmers? Would they be scribes? Would they be churchmen? Who knows? Ten generations back, they could be. They could be royalty for all I care. Well, one of them shows up. <laughs> yeah, one true. of them. One of them shows up in an SS uniform. What do you do? <laughs> <laughs> now that's a good question. Let's go with that. <laughs> oh no! That's fucking brilliant. No. That's that's great. Oh boy. I mean, to be fair, again, ten generations back for all I care. For all I care, alright? That's not that far-fetched. Ten generations is a lot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess I You've just... got to do the 23andMe. You've got to do that uh, DNA test. I've been really wanting to do one of those. Okay, so that's yeah, one. Send your DNA have... into the internet. That's safe. Yeah, I'd have, a din yeah, I'd have I dinner with a council <laughs> of my ancestors. That's one. Another one I could do, and if I'd have to choose just one, under the same vein of having dinner with family, I'd huh? have dinner hey, with my on, future. I didn't know you could choose more than one option. I mean, I'm, I'm just putting it out. There. <laughs> okay, I can go. Choose, choose. I can go. No, 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 I'm no. Just, just like let him finish. <laughs> Under the same okay. vein of family, I would have dinner with my future firstborn if ever I'd have one. Oh, future. And of the same age. Are we including future? Hmm. Okay, hold on. Wouldn't we'll you be able it. to do that anyway? I think he means yeah, like right he now. Was, yeah, like right now. My firstborn being the same age as I am right now and being able to discuss. Mm. Oh, okay, okay. Your firstborn would like that more than you would, I think. <laughs> so, son, what kind of porn do they have in the future? <laughs> <laughs> it's all VR, dude. It's Hell all yeah. VR. <laughs> Augmented reality. Everything's just. <laughs> Hell yeah! Your mom's. I mean, it's fine all in front of you. Your mom's fine with me watching, with me, with me doing that stuff. Right, right. Okay, cool. She doesn't approve of the tentacles, though. Uh, well, what can you do? Nah, well. <laughs> you were going to mention someone, Arkin, because I've mentioned two? You were going to mention one more? Oh, no, I, I, I don't know, man. It's just like he said one person, and I was just like, wait, hold on, how come you're using two? I mean, I don't well, want I can two, do three. If we're going to be going under the same vein. I mean, if we're going to go, if we're going to go further, under the same vein of you talking to Mad Men, I, I wouldn't mind, um... Like having dinner with Nikolai Tesla when he was like in his senior year. I was about to say like, that. Oh, I was about to say Johan's hundred percent gonna pick Tesla. Hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. I would have bet money on that. I'm not joking. I would have bet money on that. I mean, well, why wouldn't I? It's Tesla. That's true. Tesla mate, open your eyes. He, he uh, passed away at a young age, though. I feel like that's the the one thing that he I. He died a virgin. Maybe I would either. Can fix okay, that, I would. I would speak to Tesla when he was around my age, and then I'd speak Thank to Tesla when he was mad when he was a senior. Oh no, Franco. <laughs> uh, Why would you say it's that? Probably, it's, probably, it's probably best though what I said doesn't get repeated, but yeah, okay. Um, what do you say? What do you say? I said, uh, um, uh, Tesla, di <laughs> Tesla died a virgin, maybe you could fix that. You gotta fix that, man. Oh, yeah, Timestamp! Oh. Timestamp! No, time no, 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 we're keeping no, it in. No, we're no, keeping that's it staying in. in. That's in. <laughs> um, well, if I had to, like, pick a second person to have, like, this uh, dinner with, I'd, I'd probably, like, go for one of my favorite authors, Tolkien. 
And just like... Oh, wow. Yes. Just like, ask him, like, not anything, like, about his stories, because I'm sure I, if I go on the internet, like, go to a forum and say one misinformation, I'd get, like, <laughs> blasted by, like, a hundred thousand different people angry at me. But, like, <laughs> I want to ask him about, like, his journey to be a writer, to his, his, like, struggles with publishing it and writing it. I want to, like, know how he felt during that time and how he got over it. That would, that would be know? fascinating. I'd have to agree with Arkin, though. I, Arkin, yeah. pick, pick very si Arkin pick very similar people to who I think I would pick uh, Nietzsche. Before Kyle chooses, can I just say that, Kyle, I'm willing to bet money that he's going to mention Bertrand Russell? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pay yeah. up, pay up. I mean, I was. Well, you said money. I mean, I'll give you one peso. <laughs> there was a hole in your. <laughs> you should have specified an amount there. <laughs> you no, too late. Sorry. You've already bet. <laughs> no takesy backsies. Um, no, but. I think but yeah. Arkin, I, I also had it in the back of my head that Arkin was going to choose his favorite author, and I also knew that Kyle was going to choose Bertrand Russell's one. Mm. What's that? Oh, Yohan, wow. yes, you're Mr. going Crabble. through a tunnel, you're breaking yes, up. Yes. Hello? Oh, so quiet. Huh? Sorry. Am, I, am I that quiet? Am I that quiet? I'm actually yes. like, I'm, my, Just be closer to the mic. To be fair, I'm, I'm really close to the mic, and I'm... Hmm, wait, is my... Weird. Timestamp, or is this not a timestamp? <laughs> Ah, whatever, keep it in. No, 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 you can, uh, it's fine. Right, whatever. We're too yeah, far in. Just scream um, into the mic. Go on. But, but yeah, um, Arkin, I, I think that that's a very noble one. I mean, if I could tell you something about Tolkien that maybe you didn't know, he was an Oxford man. I'm sure you, you probably knew that, but his journey to publishing, I'm not sure how he felt, I can't speak for how he felt, but his journey to publishing was actually, it, it was somewhat difficult for a man from Oxford, even if he was from a, you know, one of those schools that were a very eminent place. It still was difficult because he was a philologist. He was actually a linguistic writer before a fiction writer. And it's very difficult to get traction as a fiction writer when you're known for being a linguist. Uh, so that that was one of his primary ordeals, I think. Uh, but eventually it became, you know, I mean, I, I'm not sure how he persevered exactly, but it's, I mean, the, the results speak for itself. I mean, The Lord of the Rings is one of the most beloved books in Britain and around the world, probably. So, yeah, it's it's uh, it's really nice. And also, he was uh, pretty much uh, uh, somewhat something of a... Um, I, I, want, I don't want to say he was anti-academic, but he was certainly anti-orthodox academic. Uh, Ooh, like, he didn't exactly like that world. That. So can I, yeah, definitely. I think that the pompous nature of uh, academics is really inhibiting, and he saw that too, and he was like, I really want to, you know, we, we should all just be more honest with ourselves, and he didn't, he was more about nature, that's why The Lord of the Rings is such a naturalistic book, because he was more about trying to revert, he was sort of like Rousseau, he wanted to revert back to nature and to try to get in touch with, with the world and monkey. the universe. Return to monkey. <laughs> yeah, return to monkey. <laughs> Whereas everyone in academics wants to be ornate and try to fabricate this, you know, grandiousness. He all, was just there wanting to be treated. I think this call, we're all against the elitist nature, like oh, the yeah. elitist side of academia. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, I'm not sure if I should be saying this, but like, I, I feel like I might have a vendetta against like the elites in general. Oh no! Maybe, absolutely like, say it. Don't, don't, don't <laughs> okay, misunderstand. Are you, oh, you think you're the only someone... one? 
don't misunderstand me. If someone has gotten to that elite status on their own, like sweat, blood, tears, and stuff like that, and they've gotten successful, no problemo. You have no bad blood with me. But the people who are in the elite bracket, who are only there because they've lied, cheated, and manipulated, mm -hmm. those are the people I have a vendetta against. Well, that's most of the, the elites. That's the problem, I I'm think. going to yeah. criticize the most in my writings. Yay! Yeah, Arkin, do not be afraid to say that we are socialists here, after all. Yes, this is a... Uh, yeah, I mean, This is a fairly yeah. socialist yeah. podcast. But anyway, uh, yes, uh, dinner. Have it. Yeah. Who would I uh, have dinner with? Franco. Who would you have dinner with? Okay, and you, 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 you know, we, we all chose quite a few. So, you know, the number you could choose here, really, really anything. Man. Up to you. I did I, want to talk about Bertrand more, but I'll do that after Franco. Okay, okay, right. well... Franco's up first. I would... Man. For, for some reason, all the all that comes to mind are musicians, like, uh, that I admire. And... Brendan Urie. Uh, Bre I mean, Brendan Urie would be pretty good, but... I, I don't know, I, I, I would just... I would like to have a dinner with... Hmm. I, I want to say all of the Beatles, but maybe I'll just pick oh, John Lennon yes. for one. Oh, yes. John Lennon. Oh, because, that's like, such a good not, answer. I can't believe I not, fucking didn't. Why not all of them? I mean, if, if I if I had to pick one, then I'll probably pick John Lennon. Because, like... Oh, yeah. Of course. Like, I think specifically um, post-Beatles John Lennon. Like, 70s John Lennon. Like, his... I, I just want to, like, have talks with him, like, about peace, like materialism uh, uh uh social justice stuff like that he's like post 70s john uh, like 70s john lennon seems like such a, an intelligent well-spoken guy philosophical like, yeah to be fair they all they all do no, none of them were ever stupid or like simplistic but like you know what i mean right he he was um, john, john was the most iconic i mean he was the one who made the most imprint you know oh, yeah. as far as is there anything goes, specific so I, I you'd you'd ask him is there anything uh, I would ask him to imagine, um, just uh, uh -huh. <laughs> if there was no heaven, not nah, nah. <laughs> What I ask? Could you imagine? Imagine telling that to John Lennon. He'd <laughs> be like, "Shut up!" Oh uh, well, well, yes, I wrote, I, wrote a, I wrote a song about it. I told that to you. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, what would I ask him? Yeah, I guess I would just ask him a, what. I, Okay, assuming that this is taking place, that this dinner is taking place, like, with a magically reincarnated John Lennon who has been reintroduced into the world in 2021, I would just ask him, like, what he thinks of the world right now. How, oh, um... Oh, gosh, he would hate it. He would he hate, hate it. it. He, he would, would absolutely hate it. hate it. He's probably rolling he in would his appall. grave right now. Oh, yeah. But, like, yeah. He would appall what's going on with, with the political structure of the and, world. Like, it's even worse than it was in the 70s. Mm, yeah. And it, like he's been given a chance to like adjust his views to like the current year. Like, I guess a good thing to ask him would be like, w would his uh, ideals from before still hold up today? Like his ideals for trying to achieve peace and stuff like that. If they would still work in today's society. Like, I, yeah, I'd be curious. Uh, they would still that. work, but they're much further away from from ever working. I yeah. think. I think yeah. that's that's the real reality, you know. It's it's a. He'd probably uh, he, be, he, he would be discouraged would, even. Mm. Yeah, exactly. It, it would be very so disheartening. Seeing things actually getting worse. Oh, very true. 
But yeah, um, I think that it's similar. That's a similar thing to Bertrand Russell. You know, mm. uh, Bertrand Russell actually met Paul McCartney um, because they Ooh. lived very close together in West London. Really? Uh, really? And like, cool. yeah, yeah. When Bertrand was very old, obviously, and Paul McCartney was like on the rise in the sixties and seventies, Paul McCartney lived right next to Bertrand Russell, and they they talked to each other. And Paul was actually like a big fan of Bertrand because Bertrand was also a social justice, you know. Uh, I don't want to say warrior because that's such a an you know, modern term, but he he was yes he was he was an activist. He, he was someone who um, in the in the Vietnam War actually that's why Paul might have known about him. Um, he was the one protesting in Trafalgar Square against the war um, in Vietnam, especially because Britain wanted to get involved, and obviously there was a lot of atrocities going on there mm. to innocent people. Um, but but the reason why Bertrand Russell I think is a good answer not only because I agree with him philosophically and perhaps uh, like personably I think we would get along because we were very like rigid um, <laughs> old guys <laughs> but um, even when we're young we're still old uh, no but yeah. also because he lived through everything I mean think about being born in the Victorian era living through the Industrial Revolution living through World War One World War two the Cold War and Vietnam you know, Watergate, everything that happened, you know, in, in that era, that that's remarkable. You know, like well, to you have seen to Gump, everything. I guess. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, no, but to have seen everything, to have been an actual person, to have been born in that era, and see, even seen transportation and communication and things which were so primitive when he was born and when he was a child, to see that develop to the degrees at which it was in the 70s, which is the time when he passed away, I think that would be absolutely remarkable. And to see, you know, just, just because of that experience, you know, a lot of the people we were talking about died very early. Uh, John Lennon, uh, you know, died when he, you know, very prematurely. Uh, but... Yeah, yeah. Still very, very premature. Yeah. Uh, but Bertrand Russell lived till he was like 90-something. And to, to to have lived to that age, you know, I think that's... But but to have lived to that age, I think that's really something extraordinary. And I'd love to just hear his knowledge of, of, the, of the world nowadays. Not only philosophically, I, I obviously... I know about his philosophies and I can read about that extensively, but I, I would like to hear about his experience in seeing the development of the, of the world and civilization. And in fact, I think he would be equally as disappointed in uh, what's going on nowadays. I think he'd be just as disappointed yeah. as we are, perhaps even more. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, people from, yeah, not good time living, not good time. I think Kyle and I have certainly no reason not. as to why we'd want to meet the people we want to meet. I mean, the, I didn't talk about this earlier because I sort, of just glossed, I sort of just glossed over it, but the reason why I wanted to meet Nikolai Testa when he was both at my age and when he was much later in his age as well is because, yeah, I wanted I wanted to learn from the guy. I wanted to, um, because not to get, not to get, pers not to like draw personal um, comparisons here, but like, his mother was an inventor, his father was religious. One sort of pushed him in one direction, and the other one sort of pushed him in the other direction and sort of like um, put him down. Uh, but the guy but the guy had the guy had gift. The guy the guy had the guy had drive and I just I'd, I'd want to be there to sort of learn from that. Um, and sort of see what he was what he was thinking when he was in, in positions maybe similar to me. And I thought I I think that would be very interesting. Yeah, yeah. To to relate to someone on that uh, psychological 
historical level is really uh, minus the genius. Like minus the genius, I could probably relate. <laughs> oh yeah. I've, I've read. I've yeah, read more, I said uh, historical. <laughs> I, I do think that we would relate over a few things. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's definitely something. Yeah. Is Daft Punk disbanding still? You think that's still a topical thing that we, we can talk about? Because, man, it, it still feels a bit weird, doesn't it? I mean, as someone who was a fan of Daft Punk, although I'm not really sure if I can call myself a fan, I'm not like, mm -hmm. I don't know all the names of their songs, I don't know all their albums and release dates, but I appreciated their music and I liked the messages behind them. Uh, I really liked watching uh, Interstellar 5555, though. That was a good movie. Ooh, I never, never what what never messages did you find in their songs? Be harder, be better, be faster, rock. be stronger? Is that what you... Robot, <laughs> rock. Especially be harder. <laughs> rock. Yeah, be, be harder, Arkin, be harder. That really resonates with me. That really touches my heart. I want to be harder, guys. <laughs> oh, I can help. But I kind of just like... Well, I don't know. It's good music to vibe to, man. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, for sure. Oh, like, definitely. Really yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so it's not lyrically, I suppose. It's more of the the aura that it gives. Yeah, the vibe it gives, the uh, feelings it invokes. Mm. Yeah, I, I did. And that to be honest, aside from like listening to their songs every now and then, I didn't really give Daft Punk much thought until you know they announced that they were disbanding. And yeah. when I read I think that, 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 I was like, they were still together? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I think that's like, the fascinating had, thing about it. Like, posted music in so long, but now that yeah. now the fans have closure, now they know, like, Daft Punk has decided to retire. Wouldn't you have, wouldn't you prefer that your favorite band go out just like this, like quietly with a whisper, rather than with this huge controversy, or with one of them dying? Wouldn't uh, you prefer them that like quiet, dissolving that's true. They left with rather grace. than just yeah. like yeah, a tragedy true. ruining it? Yeah, that's a good point. You know. Yeah, that that that's true. I, I think like the reason why I created waves is because we didn't really appreciate Daft Punk when they were actually still together. Like they they're actually pretty revolutionary as far as the modern yeah, sense of like music goes I and I feel like when they disbanded that like gave us some perspective of like oh wait yeah. Daft Punk is actually great yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, they're brilliant I mean it proves that yeah. old proverb correct don't you, you don't know about. how good you've got things until yeah it's yeah gone. exactly yeah. I think a reason why is because they were so low-key throughout their whole career like 20 over 20 years of music and like they didn't say a single word yeah all we really knew of them was <laughs> they've got helmets they made that they're french well they spoke through their music i think that was the point That's like true. of daft punk as a whole they wanted to they didn't want to have the personalities that were that other you know techno musicians like skrillex had for example they, yeah. they wanted like they wanted the yeah they, they want something that was just very exactly they wanted it to be purer they wanted that to speak for them rather than, you know, the lyrics. Yeah. And all. But that's why the lyrics weren't very, they were quite base. I mean, again, harder, better, faster, stronger, I guess you can rock. take something from that, but it's, that's not rock. the point. The rock. point is like the, 
the, the point is, is again, what Arkin, you know, the vibe of the song, what it made you feel in that moment. And that's something that every modern song, or like most of them, like 90% of them, employ nowadays. And I think Daft Punk was like the sort of driving force at, you know, one point in like the late 90s, early 2000s. They were like behind kind of that, like, not emphasis on lyrics anymore. We're now going towards just feel, you know, and, and how the song makes you feel uh, melodically. I guess. Yeah, which isn't, but this, uh, you know, focusing on their music, like stepping back, stepping back that. Which isn't to say that they didn't have any personality as people, because I did see. Uh, I mean, they had a little bit of personality, coming. but they just never really spoke. That's true. Oh, bless you. Oh. Zoom tight. Get zoom tight. Got zoom tight. Saying something, Arkin. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, I was just saying, like, they did speak, but they did, they did like, express personality. Like, do you remember that, a that, like, small period of time, that era, I suppose you could say, when they had, like, LEDs and stuff on their helmets and stuff? Oh, yeah? Yeah, they changed their helmets. I, I think it was very small. It, I mean, it was very, it was, like, sound bites, virtually, like, phrases. <laughs> but they, <laughs> they didn't speak really, a lot. Like, uh -huh. spoke, uh, uh, like, they never really spoke, like, full-on, like, speeches or anything like that. To be fair, they if they did, do you think they wouldn't be able to speak good English? Without... Well, I mean... Like, do you think they would just be very French in the way they spoke? And do you think that everyone else would just be like, oh, they okay, they're French, I forgot. At all. Maybe they just speak <laughs> French <laughs> entirely. Okay. Well, Kyle, well, Kyle <laughs> would have a problem with that. <laughs> yeah, Kyle would have a problem with but that. Like, even though they just spitting it, spitting into cups and shit, eating frogs. <laughs> even, mm, even if they didn't speak or say a single word, their music, their actions, how they acted, how they responded to things, though that was like showing enough personality. And uh, another reason why they like had these like masks and this like sort of robotic persona was because they themselves didn't really want to be like famous they didn't really want to be associated with it that much yes they were the people behind it but they didn't want people to know them for that they didn't want people to know their names and stuff like that they just wanted them to know the music and that the music was from daft punk which is probably why they so were again, so low-key i mean you probably wouldn't mm, yeah you probably uh, no, sorry you continue no uh <laughs> But yeah, no, I was just I was just agreeing with you that what you said was probably the reason why they were so low key and how not a lot of people we only reason why this is this is such a big deal is again we only know how good we had it once the thing that was making things good just disappears. Um Daft Punk was Daft Punk was that thing. Hmm. But you were saying, uh Arkin, I was just agreeing with you. Oh uh, no, I uh to be honest, in the middle of that sentence, I lost my train of thought, and you speaking was actually my saving grace. Oh, boy. <laughs> I relate to that so much. <clears throat> well, that's probably the only reason no, that, that's why uh, you'd only know what's going on with Daft Punk if you, like, actively followed them. If you didn't, then... Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, with the four of us... They're a difficult band to follow. Uh, they're, they're a difficult act to follow. They're not really a band. Because uh, they were uh, so, as Arkin said, they were so inactive for so long. Uh, yeah, like it's following them. I mean, you know, quote unquote, I mean, is like, difficult. I've told you guys this, but like the week before they disbanded, I was just like, hmm, Daft Punk haven't made anything in a while. Like their last album was uh, 2013, 
and I was like, Were you the sequitur? Were you the one who incited this, Franco? Oh my god. <laughs> maybe I oh my killed god. Daft Punk. Oh my. Uh, right. Where, where, where <laughs> we're we're riding inside your house right now. We're, we're going. Forks, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> That's our target right there. I'm sorry. Um, we wanted to be harder. We wanted to be better, but now we're not. We're weaker. We're we're, we we're softer. We we're slower and weaker. I'm sorry. <laughs> you, can, you can cancel me all you like, guys. It's all right. For that, yeah, we will. Uh, hashtag Franco is over party. I think when Panic- if ever Panic at the Disco, Franco, because they were our first oh, concert, Lord. so if ever Panic at the Disco, um, disband, that, I mean, that'll be the same. They've already you know? sorted this band, it really is just Brendan Urie now, is it? But yeah, if Brendan Urie decided to stop making music, oh like, my god, I'd cry. To stop, I would- Mmm. <laughs> ah, man. Like, how I would feel if Luna disbanded. I think- I think we're giving too much of ourselves away when we say that Panic at the Disco was our first concert. <laughs> <laughs> Look, man. We- I, I'm not an emo, guys, promise No, man, you. embrace it. We like the real music. Oh, boy. Real music with real meaning, guys. Oh, yeah. I've had high, high hopes. For a living. I get paid for them. I get paid to have high hopes. Oh, boy. Okay, alright, Franco, what's the next? Uh, <laughs> what's next on the agenda? Next on the agenda, that royal family thing, huh? Oh, oh wow. Don't. Don't bring that up. I don't? can't believe they're arguing about, like, what color the child is when when Prince Philip looks like he's gonna keel over at any second. Look, mate, it doesn't matter to them <laughs> as long as he's white. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's. It really is fucked up, though. Like, I think is. I think we're kind we're kind of demeaning it, but it really is fucked up. Not yeah. not necessarily like it's not even surprising to me. I think looking back at the Diana times and about how you know the times when because I I think that relation is so it's so apparent. Like okay, I'm not sure if you guys knew about this, but in the in the nineties. Diana, you know, obviously Charles, he is like as stiff as a board, right? So I'd imagine Diana already had a problem with that. But she was also feeling the exact same things that Meghan was feeling. Right. Or, you know, at that time, or even at the moment, probably still feeling it. Uh, and it's just fascinating to know, because, you know, Diana, she, like, she experienced all that. She was feeling suicidal, depressed, uh, going through all of those things. The royal family didn't let her do anything, okay? Same thing with Meghan. Didn't let her do anything, didn't let her, you know, speak for herself or have any, you know, independence as a human. Um, and so what she did, she kind of, you know, did the interview, which was, like, the similar thing to what Meghan and Harry did with Oprah. She did an interview where she said that, like, oh, there's actually three people in this relationship, and it was it was, it was was me, Charles, and this other girl. I forgot her name. She was, like, a princess something, another part person in the royal family. And then she she divorced... Yeah, and then she, she essentially divorced... Uh, Charles yeah. and married this Egyptian bloke um, who was and a very handsome man. Died you know? in a car accident. Exactly, you that know, mis that's like that's after she she left the family already, and after everything was like already done, she she was running from the press apparently, quote unquote, running from the press, and then died in a tunnel. I mean, that's never happened since, by the way. No one has ever run from the press and just died. Okay, that's that's not something that's ever happened. That's the only time that's ever happened. Um, but apparently, I mean, no, it's very sad. Oh, no, you know, all If, the if, if another care. person in the royal family dies of a mysterious car crash, people are gonna get suspicious. 
No, my point is that they're making it out as, as, if, as if it's completely normal for that to have happened. And she was pronounced dead in the fucking ambulance, not in the hospital, where she people are normally pronounced as dead, in a fucking ambulance in France. I mean, that's... That, it's very, very strange. It is very, <laughs> very strange. The... Oh, man. I'm not I saying I, not allegedly, really okay? Sure. This is all alleged. I'm not saying they, they actually did that. It's just that, like, this well, is... It's very strange. Right. I mean, even... Yeah, anyone can admit that. Because, again, that's never happened before. Never. And yeah. never happened since. But, I mean... If you really think about it, and uh, oh, permit, if you got, if you all will permit me to play devil's advocate here, yeah, go on. Um, there's a reason why the royal family kind of wants to, like, you know, avoid uh, different colored, like, lineage or oh. lineage. Um, God, this is gonna sound really racist. They want to keep their bloodline pure, in a sense. Hmm. They want to keep what it, what the is pure? Okay, I mean, white. Well, okay. They don't want to associate. Yeah, but how do you? I mean, that that's. Slaves. <laughs> okay. But okay, the whole the foundation of the royal family in itself, okay, is completely absurd. Let's be honest here. It's completely fucking absurd. Yeah. No, okay, the, the entire rule of the royal family is built on something called divine right, okay, that God has granted them, personally, the right to rule over the peasantry. That's fucking crazy, <laughs> okay? That is mental. And no modern country should ever have any taxes. Yeah. They own half of the UK. Like, okay, what the fuck? Yeah, half the, of, I, what the fuck? And like, this isn't this isn't like uh, brought up. Like, no one ever thinks about it like this because because Queen Elizabeth has just sort of been like chill. Like she hasn't been like tyrannical. No, she's nice. Right? She's nice. She's nice. But like, it, when she's gone, and like someone terrible or like like not as benevolent takes over the royal family like takes the throne like I, I for sure those qualities of the royal the royal family are going to come to fore yeah. I, it's not even just that. I mean, the royal family doesn't have a, a lot of power. The problem with That's the royal true. family is that people are still paying them taxes. People, like, they still own so much land, and they're I already mean, at this stupid point, rich. Mm. At this point, they're just celebrities. They're not even government officials that is true. at this point. They're ceremonial. Yeah, they're like the Kardashians for the England. It's <laughs> so bullshit. Pretty much. Yeah. They're just figureheads. description. Except the Kardashians <laughs> yeah, don't welcome, own guys. the country. Yeah, but Americans they, don't pay taxes to the Kardashians. Thank God. They, no, <laughs> look, no. There was a <laughs> Kylie Jet. Don't back, give them any ideas. Back, no, no, no. Back no, in, no. Don't, oh yeah, no, sorry. No, no, I no. didn't say that. No, 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 no. It's already happened. Back in like 2018, I think 2019. Oh my God. Kylie Jenner Are you was like about a Kylie few. Kylie Jenner's fundraiser. Yeah, she was a few million dollars from oh becoming the first, like the youngest billionaire, and. That at the same time, there was another GoFundMe for uh, like some uh, like a disaster that happened in a like an impoverished area or something like that. Oh G guess God. which GoFundMe yeah. was funded first. Oh, oh my! Guess God. which GoFundMe was funded first. You can see the disgust on my face. Yeah. You can it, hear the well, disgust well, in my voice. You can God. smell the disgust. You can hear the disgust in, in the room. I mean, this is. <laughs> <laughs> open the windows. Open the windows. Ugh. There's so much disgust in here. We have to we we have to gust it out. <laughs> hey, we have to get rid of this. I, I would remark that 
they should probably burn for like heresy or something. But like, there's they are so much plastic, they'd probably be immune to it for a couple seconds. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 yeah, it would be it would be environmentally irresponsible. <laughs> yeah, that would be irresponsible in itself. Yeah, you you'd just be burning ninety percent plastic there, maybe. <laughs> Cast is a green podcast. Yes. All right? we're, we're not for burning yeah. plastic. Yes, just, just we support send, recycling, everyone. Send them to Tupperware. <laughs> like the Tupperware people. The, 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 yeah, we should put them in cubes. That's what we should do. We should cube them up and fucking <laughs> store store them in a recycled place. That's what I got. No, yeah. what do they do with plastic? They like um rip plastic they, apart like tiny oh, bits and then they melt yeah, them down. They, like, yeah, yeah. And yeah. 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 That's why we should cube them. <laughs> <laughs> like fucking Wally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, they'd be better used that way. Let's be honest. But yeah, I that mean, family is garbage. Like Kendall is the only one who is somewhat decent, and even she's like, uh, she did that Pepsi ad. And, you yeah. actually know their names? God, I don't know. Yeah, I, I was about to say, yeah. like, you seem very familiar with the the family. Uh, <laughs> I just don't uh, know what people get from following them. Like, what what is it really that you? The drama they It's the wish to be drama like them. That's what yeah, it is. It's exactly. the wish to be like them. It's, it's the they, everyone dream. wants to be famous for doing fucking nothing, right? That's the dream. <sighs> Imagine doing nothing and being famous. Amazing. <laughs> or maybe I, I this generation doesn't need to dream. Or maybe yeah, you were a Kanye fan true. and TikTok you and all this it. stuff. You have these like. I, I'm gonna sound like a fucking goblin, but you have all these God. beautiful people being hoisted into like. <laughs> Fame, just because they're beautiful. That's been happening for ages. Yeah, I mean yeah, the internet is a, the internet is a machine. Well. I mean, it's, the internet is a factory yeah, yeah. for um quote unquote beautiful people. So you know it's very it's very it's a very easy piece of media to consume. Yeah, we can say quote unquote yeah, because we true. ourselves are very beautiful people. Yes, we uh, are. Oh, yes. We are supermodels. <laughs> fucking gorgeous. I, I I have to disagree with you there, buddy. I, like, uh, I can hear, I can uh, smell you know, the lies. I can smell it. Uh, Arkin, you're beautiful, man. Don't worry. Wow, I think you're, you're handsome. Dude, okay, I love your glasses. You dude, dude, dude. You have wonderful hair, Arkin. Oh, you Can't you see? Okay. I have, you're everything I've I hoped mean, for. I have, I have enough weight that I literally have tits, dude. Alright, look. <laughs> okay. Dude, that, tits that, are great, man. Jiggle. Tits are fucking brilliant. What do you mean? Okay, tits okay. are great. That, I love that tits. Actually, that actually segues Segway, us. Segway, segway. Yeah, segway. This next topic, which is the effects of fat shaming on someone's will to lose weight or make progress okay. on themselves. Okay. Yeah, we're gonna talk. About I just, mate, I, I love tits. Okay. Anyone who's fat out there, I love tits. Great. Thank you. I have very strong opinion about that, and I'd like to start if you'd let me. Go on. Okay. Go on. Yeah. Go on. Go on. I know it's kind of like a joke between me and my friends, you guys, that, uh, you know, oh, I'm fat, uh, I'm not beautiful, I'm ugly because I'm fat, but I, I don't really think about that. If you're, like, a little bit fat, like, a little bit overweight, like, you got a little bit of a stomach, you got a bit of a tummy, and maybe, like, you, if you're a dude, you got, like, small titties, that's, that, that, I, I think that's fine. You should probably work out a little bit more. I know I should, definitely should, yeah. but health it's purposes. Fine. It's fine. But if you look like a if you look like a manatee grew legs and started waddling around on land, there is a problem. Okay? <clears throat> People aren't calling you fat 
to be mean, well, I mean, obviously, you are going to have people that call you fat just because they're mean. I mean, they're called assholes, and everyone has to deal with them. You're not special. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's kind but of, yeah. Bullies, the reason why bullies, a lot mostly. of people are calling you fat is because they're trying to tell you, hey, you're going to die if you stay like this. That is, you have to, like, make a change, or that, you're going to die in, like, the is, next three years that is true. of, like, some heart disease. Or okay, you're gonna get but so like, fat you can't even walk anymore. That is true. Yeah, Franco. But, but like the thing, like the point that I want to bring up is, that should not be an excuse to dehumanize someone. I see so many people like going mm -hmm. to fat people and just straight up dehumanizing them, telling them the worst. Thing. I've been a victim of it. I've, like I mm -hmm. like I, I mean like not quite as much. Like I I I've never like obese. I was I've I've only ever been really chubby. But like I've felt that like. Man, am I really like less of a person, less of a human for being just a bit tubby, not not looking quite as skinny, not fitting into this uh, like image that, that that like society projects onto it, and like that's just, that's just wrong. Like, sure, it could pose a health risk, and you should bring that up to that person in the most constructive way possible, but never ever dehumanize them just for well, you see, something that's, that's out like... of the control because like. There are multiple reasons for someone being overweight. One could be genetics. Yeah. Two could be stress. Like stress can have an effect on weight. Three could be even depression. I think. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yes. depression. Three could be they could be on antidepressants. Even they could be on medication that just causes that sort of weight gain in them. Or four, maybe they maybe like I don't know. Maybe eating just brings a certain joy to them that they like. It's their refuge. I've definitely had that. Like eating has been, eating is my refuge sometimes, and like you deal with those first. You don't jump straight to like, oh, you're a fat piece of shit. You should die. I've seen people on Facebook who've been like that. Like they no tack, no like, tack, yeah, no tack. Like they just go like, oh, they should die. They don't want to. Um, like they're just a waste of space. Is basically what they say. And that's just so wrong. Like first of all, consider the fact that yeah. those comments they're affect really mean the and hurtful. They're mean and hurtful, and they demotivate the guy or the girl, and they will make. Yeah, you're doing more harm than good, actually. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it all starts in the head. It all really does start mm -hmm. in the head. It does. Yeah. I I feel like I've got to to say something because uh, yeah. Franco. I mean, ever since we were younger, I I have always made like I mean I guess it's it's a really terrible right thing, but. I hope I've never made you feel dehumanized by the jokes that I've ever said personally to you because I think like we've all joked and we've all made fun of us like I think you guys make fun of how oh, hairy yeah. I am <laughs> and like all that uh -huh. stuff and you know I make some we make fun of someone else how, how you know chubby Franco is and all that stuff and I, I hope we've I never am, made how, yeah all that stuff yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah and I hope we've never made each other I think we all because we're friends and because we you know we know our our standing and we can communicate with each other it's probably easier for us to make each other realize when we're going too far mm. but i hope that anyone who's listening to this it's you know always better to communicate like if it's going too far like franco's told me sometimes that like okay this is where i'm going too far when i'm making fat jokes and i am sorry for that <laughs> you know when I, even because he, he knows that it's all a joke he knows that i don't really think he's that fat frank is actually not that fat he's never really been that fat um, as Arkin was saying, like there's some Maury Povich, Jeremy Kyle people in the world. Like he's never been to that level, and that's you know just I've never wanted to insinuate that. And I, you know, I understand there's differences, and um, 
you know reasons why people do it. But I, you know, for anyone who's listening to this, it's always it's always best to just communicate with people yeah. to just try to tell them like, okay, this is going too far. It's, even if it's your mates, even if it's it's people who you're familiar with, it's still good to communicate. Uh, even if it's not about being fat, even if it's about, uh, you know, with Johan about his you know sweat gland problem or whatever it is you know it's it's, it's just good to communicate <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah there are boundaries within our friendships that's fine um, mean, this is though this is a very sensitive topic i think uh, not i think i know i definitely know that this is a sensitive topic for many people and one thing i want to point out is i guess um how how people of av- how people avoid this or there there there's certain there's a certain discourse that I see where someone is going to point out that this person is being unhealthy by being you know obese uh, being overweight to to that level and they're going to say um, you proclaim that you're pointing this out because you care for, about this person's health but if they do things that are unhealthy uh, that fit to your standard of beauty such as starving themselves, you know, the exact opposite. Right. We have some anorexics over here. Yeah, yeah. Then you're not going to be as gun-ho as if they were overweight. And I think that's a stigma, that's a bias that I think exactly. should be pointed out as well. You know, we... So, sometimes always, it can be an excuse, that, you know. Mm-hmm. Some, some, uh, some people are, like what Arkin mentioned earlier, some people really are just assholes. Some people really do just want to fat shame and sometimes they use that as the excuse because if they really were caring for the other person's health then no matter what eating disorder you have they're they're all valid and um we're all just here to look out for each other and to try to you know have good quality of lives i think also about like the whole um because because we're we're lads here right like we're all Mm -hmm. good friends and i think it's yeah, like we're able to make jokes um, that are not serious with each other, and I think there's a level that you've got to understand, especially with people you don't know on the internet. Yes, you know, yes. like they're yes. not your friends. Yes. You know, like they're not them. they're not just people who are going to understand irony and things like that in the same way that your your mates will. You know, so you've really got to, you know gauge the room you know like understand who it is you're talking to and what they're going through what they might not be going through what they might be going through you don't know so it's just good to not be a prick not be a cunt just on the don't internet. be an asshole yeah. Man, that is exactly what i was gonna bring up yeah don't be an asshole that is because we're friends I, again with with franco he can communicate with me like i can be a dick sometimes you yeah. guys can be dicks it's fine we're all we dicks you know okay i get yeah, that we all have the capability yeah. to be dicks to each other yeah i mean that's just how we are yeah, but we if dicks. but but the problem is that this happens so often on the internet, and I think it's such an easy place to just get demotivated and to tell people, you know, things which are just yeah. kind of scummy, because really, it's behind you know, screen. so... Yeah. Yeah. Mm. That's the problem, really. Like, people hiding behind a screen, that's not just a problem with, with this as well, it's just a problem with everything. everything. Like, on football Twitter, on K-pop, whatever Twitter, like, it's just, it's such a problem people hiding behind screens and telling people that you know you know repulsive stuff that they would never say in real life they would never say these things no. in real life oh, yeah. you can bet that these like people saying, these people were in a party and they could see who they're actually talking to get to see their facial expressions yeah no no they wouldn't they wouldn't yeah. be chicken out they would hands down not. they'd feel more empathy you know yeah. like they feel more empathetic and they would actually care and if they didn't then they're sociopaths probably <laughs> you know like come on this is <laughs> you just shouldn't feel that way you, you shouldn't talk that way to people who you don't even know it's just it's mental empathy well, I mean, it's a skill practice yeah <laughs> yeah 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 well yeah that is true like the internet 
uh, it does play, like, a huge role to, like, these people. And, it, like, you know, the negative comments and, like, the negative stigma is, like, it's really, it can really be, like, de really demotivating. Like, um, I I'm just gonna, like, go out on a tangent here. You guys can, like, tell me if you want me to stop or something. But, like, I have both seen and experienced how these like stigmas how these like negative comments can affect people and it can really like ruin people's like self-perception and like their own like self-worth and their own self-esteem it can yeah, like make a person feel really terrible like what franco said and it's sometimes you know ugh, i had a point with this and i forgot where i was going Take your time. Yeah, it's alright. It's uh, alright, man. It's alright, go on. It's just we like, love you, Arkin. We do. If you we love you, Arkin. We, we do. It's like that old proverb. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything. Don't else. say anything. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, I have, like, experienced times where I just look at myself and I just feel terrible. Just because of the way I am. Whether it be because I feel like I'm way too fat, or I feel like I... <sighs> Lads, I gotta admit something to you guys. Mm -hmm. Sometimes true, man. True, true. I feel about... I feel bad about the fact that I am a dude. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. it's not that I believe in, like, the whole, like echo chamber thing of like all men are trash and stuff like that i don't believe that no that's that's just like a few bad apples being used to misrepresent the entire collective but yeah. just because of how many times you hear it just like repeated over and over it and makes over you feel bad about yourself even if you're not honestly part of uh, just, uh, no honestly i can believe it it just starts to affect you man you know yeah, so honestly, I can I can relate completely. Yeah. Just for the, f <laughs> just for the fact of fat shaming, mm. these even if it, the overweight people don't really believe what they're saying, they know oh they're just internet trolls. Still, it's gonna pile on again and again and again, until eventually they just like start to feel terrible about themselves. And it's not that I mean I said that if you are like morbidly obese, you need to like you know probably go on a diet or something like that but i don't mean it in a negative way right i am genuinely concerned about those people who are more than a thousand pounds about those people whose lives are being put at risk because i believe life is something precious and there are problems that are caused that are like that cause this like weight gain and this like overeating and the same and works in reverse as well, just as a disclaimer. Not uh, eating yeah. enough. It, not eating just enough. As da just as dangerous, just as just as important to take care of because of your health. The only reason why we were mentioning fat shaming in the beginning was because um, Franco it's wanted to share common. his own experience. Yes, it is It is very yeah, common. It, it, it absolutely goes both ways. Yes, and we have two it people here who have ways. personal experiences. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. yeah I, I have heard a lot of stories about people who are anorexic. People who like would eat food and like force themselves to throw it up because they thought they were going to gain weight mm. but it's I know this is going to be hard for a lot of people to believe but it's fine 
not everyone is going to be the knight in shining armor or the princess in the tower. Not everyone's going to have like rock hard pecs and luscious arms and. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> what the fuck? What the fuck? Okay, no, don't timestamp that. Keep that in. That's brilliant, man. That's great. Okay, Wonderful. That, that was, was a raw moment right there. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I think about arms too, and I just go like, oh my god, yes. Oh, I can oh, feel like Arkin oh. was drooling on his mic. Arkin was drooling oh on god, his guys. mic at that oh moment. God. You know what, Mood? Mood. But like, you're not gonna Dude, be able to get there. Have you seen? Have you have you seen get, Chris like, Evans' perks, man? Oh yeah. Oh my god! Don't bring Chris Evans or Chris Hemsworth into the talk, man. Like James McAvoy in that. <laughs> oh no, James McAvoy. Oh please. Okay, back on. Oh, back. You're saying back on topic. Yeah. yeah. You're not. You're never going to be like get that perfect image. You're yeah. never gonna get that perfect like hourglass or those perfect like your like arms as big as tree trunks. Yeah, yeah, no, That's it's all unrealistic. Just like, yeah. it's unrealistic. So, um, it's important to just like. Do what you can. Just like take care of yourself. Yeah. Eat or specifically, it's more realistic for other people eat. than for others. Yeah. Okay. The uh, gist is: do it for you. Don't do it for yeah. society. Don't do it for anyone else. Do it for you. Uh, yeah. yeah. You know, I, I can. You, you brought up you a point. Um, I can. You, you brought if up a point. If your healthy is a, is um overweight by society standards, but it actually is healthy for you. Then do it. Same yeah. with being a bit thinner than what society standards is. Yeah. Uh, so long as you're sure that it's healthy for you. Yeah, within and, reason. Yeah, and within reason, then go for it. You don't need anyone telling you what to do or what to be. Mm. Arkin, you, you brought up a point about um, feeling guilt just as a, a man. And I feel like that's one thing that, you know, like as a last thing to just add on to this cake of a like, cherry on top of a conversation. Um, it's... Like, as I think we can all probably relate to this, um, but as as blokes, or at least as a bloke, speaking, I'll speak personally. I have felt guilt a lot of the time uh, because of how terrible some men, in fact, probably most men, probably are, and the way that we think, you know, then how how trivial and how base and how you know just really scummy some blokes can oh, can there, be in the world. Are, and I, there I, are I, some real scumbags out there. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, de definitely. And I just, you know, I, I understand the feeling of guilt for for being a part of something, even if you can't control it. You know, it's something that, that I've never engaged in. I don't think anyone here has ever engaged in that sort of scummy behavior. I don't think any of us are like that intrinsically. But we still feel guilt anyway. And I feel like that's, that's good in a way because I mean, we, that makes us realize... Yeah, that shows we're empathetic. That also shows that we want to change, you know, what's going on in the world, and we want to somehow keeps commit us to... keeps to, us going against the grain that makes we, us guilty. We want to be yeah. better. Yeah. We want to be better. Yeah, we want to be better than those men, yeah. Um, but it is difficult, feeling guilt, uh, because that can lead to, to a lot of depressing thoughts. It's feeling guilt for something that you are incapable... For something that you didn't do, actually, not incapable of exactly. controlling, but for something that something you didn't that I, do in I the first place. I don't think gets mentioned enough, because uh, one, of the, one of the main narratives for the... For this whole discussion of all men, not all men, is that you shouldn't feel guilty if you're not part of it. Well, it's strange to say, but even if you really aren't part of it, you still feel somewhat guilty because you were still associated yeah. with that, you know, with that group. It's a natural inclination that you should feel guilty. You know, like it. That's just that's that's the nature well, of of, um, of empathy, I mean, really. 
it's also kind of I can't really fault people who are like coming up with these conclusions because I, it's rooted in psychology. We remember the negative things more prominently than we do the positive things. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. you're not really going to recall that, like, one time this guy helped you, like, carry your bags or something like that because they were too heavy. You are going to remember the time some guy was being a jerk to you because your bags were too heavy. And you're going to get mad about that. Mm. Yeah, but you're, yeah, you're not... Just yeah. because there are a few... Uh, a few bad examples or like a few negatives that are loud and stick out doesn't mean that everything is like that. Yeah, I, mean, I think it's just a duty. I, I think it's more so than anything, just the duty to want to do better. Yeah. And I think that is how we should harness yeah. that guilt. Because women, I mean, we, let's be honest, guys, I think this is another topic we've got to talk about, but women have had a bad week or like couple of weeks in the last, like, yeah. you know. You know, yeah. it's been really terrible. I mean, the whole Meghan Markle thing, the whole... I mean, there was a protest in the UK where oh people were doing God, a vigil. Yeah, and yeah well, people doing a vigil for... That. I think I've heard of that. There was a woman who was peacefully um, protesting, and she was taken aside and just killed. Absolutely. And yeah. the police yeah. said it was because it was, a, it was a massive gathering, and it was a protest. Literally the week before, Rangers Football yeah, Club... Yeah won the Scottish Premier League and thousands of fans outside Ibrox, Ibrox um, Stadium celebrating with no social distancing. The police did not care. This protest about women's rights, the police somehow cared enough. It wasn't, it wasn't necessarily just about women's rights. It was about someone who died and they were trying to give homage to someone who passed away. Um, and you know, again, Franco said the week before there was like a, a football thing where fans just were on the streets, you know, not social distancing at all, um, just doing whatever they wanted, yeah. and there was no police at all. So it's really so, a double this standard. Was socially distanced, yeah. and it was peaceful. Yeah, so women I, yeah, for all the preca- for, for all the precautions that they do for all the movements to see in social media, all of it 100% justified. Uh, the, mm. th- the bit that we did earlier, which is how we react, it's just how we personally react to it. Um, I guess like, us feeling guilty despite us not directly being a part of it and that's because how we want to mm. be better than the group that these movements are associated with yeah, but I, I do think that this mm. should definitely be an entire podcast episode on its own yeah very very meaty stuff here yeah it is yeah it, it is a getting a lot of topics to discuss. it's topical you know right this is yeah. this is a topical yeah. thing <laughs> yeah it is getting a bit long now yeah um so yeah yeah um, yeah we, we ready yeah, to, we to sack it off yeah, no, this is the final episode, yeah. Sack <laughs> it all off. Yeah, thanks. Welcome. You're, you're on the final episode, Arkin. Congratulations. Yeah, how do you feel? <laughs> oh, wow. This is, oh, wow. this is quite the honor. Uh. <laughs> but yeah, Arkin, thank you for being here for this recording. Yeah, yeah thanks for coming, man. Thank thanks. you. No problem you at all, dude. And thank you. You did. You did for... good. You you thought you didn't do. You thought you wouldn't do well, but you did fucking. You, you did, did pretty good, mate. Yeah. All right. Yeah, you did wonderful. Well, I mean, so if don't there's one thing I'm good at, it's talking. Yeah, and that's why we need to be. I'm pretty sure if any of you became my roommate, you would be able to attest to that. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean but we can attest you? to that right now? Should... I can definitely no, tell no, you. No, <laughs> I mean, there are yeah, a lot you, of things I talk about. Just like even to myself, like if you oh, yeah. lived with me, you'd like just hear me talking so much, dude. Oh yeah, we'd go mad. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Well. You'd you'd wake up at like three a.m., go to the k- 
kitchen to get some water. I'd be standing there talking to myself like a madman in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> like Shadowmon or something was trying, like talking to a <laughs> Palanta or whatever that was. Very but some interesting points you brought up, Arkin, early, so it was very mm. nice that you yeah. uh, got to be here to record with us. So yeah, yeah again, yeah. Yeah. thanks for yeah. being oh, here. Oh, if you ever want to invite me back on again, I'd gladly join oh, you. Oh, sure, yeah. absolutely, no problem. Yeah, man, yeah, yeah. yeah and to the, to the right, listeners, guys. thank you for listening. Thank, thank you for you. doing the one thing you were supposed to do. Thank you for listening. Uh, you your ears. Yeah, good job, guys, listening. Fucking <laughs> well losers. And, uh, it is well done, here's your medal for listening. Here's your, here's your listening uh, medal. And that was Gripescast. Thank you again. Uh, thank you. Uh, we will see bye, you bye, bye. maybe next week. Goodbye. We will see you in the next episode. Yep. Goodbye. Bye.